If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 22nd, 2012. And today we're going to be covering a variety of uh, topics, starting off with a listener question, um, basically regarding the zeitgeist heresy, and if you're not familiar with that, I'll, I'll kind of get into that um, uh, shortly here and explain what that actually means, because it's a, it's a pretty large assault on Christianity that we're facing. It's one of the main things the New Agers are using to attack Christianity in um, uh, today's day and age. Then we're going to be getting into a uh, look at Planned Parenthood's blasphemous 40 days of prayer. So Planned Parenthood has come out with a counter to the pro-life movement 40 day of prayer. And they've got their own uh, basically uh, satanic 40 days of prayer. We're going to be covering that looking at that a little bit, and um, then how in uh, British Columbia that they have actually are running newspaper ads now actually regarding creating the family you want boy or girl sex, select, sex selection advertised in Canadian newspapers, uh, which is a trend you're going to see more and more and more in the day and ages that we're, we're moving into. And then we're going to be looking at a fairly detailed study on the kind of the global economy. Uh, we're going to be looking at Greece a little bit, uh, their financial problems, and then the uh, most likely the imminent collapse of the euro followed by the dollar, and some things to look for, some things that you can uh, look for as far as time frames regarding that whole subject. And then we're going to be looking at actually the subject of gold and silver, biblical examples. And um, because I've had a lot of people email me and they just key on the verses where the rich are going to throw their gold and, or their gold and silver into the streets and these types of things. And I want to look at, have more of a balanced look at that particular subject and look at what the Bible has to say about that in totality. Not to say we're going to cover every aspect, but we're going to be looking at that as well. And also um, some recommendations along that end. We're going to be looking then more like Big Brother stuff, uh, this IRS travel ban revoking citizenship. And I also heard gun ownership now by um, that they're trying to plan this, trying to railroad that through the, uh, uh, the government. And then we're going to be going into a part of the study where we're going to be looking at actual ways pedophiles communicate with one another, symbols that they will wear or that they might have on their car or they might have on a pendant or a necklace or a ring, ways to identify them. And I know that might sound, well, okay, I'm going to go out of my way to do something like that. They really take it very seriously that they can operate by stealth in public and to them, it's a way of empowerment. They, they feel as though, since they're doing all this under the noses of 99.99% of the general public, that they can get away with a whole bunch of things. It's almost like this satanic subculture that operates. And they use it as tools of communication, and they also use it, use it as ways to, ultimately, their goal is trying to defile innocence whether that be abducting little children or, or finding ways to um, molest them, these types of things. These symbols all come into play regarding that particular issue, and I think it's important that we take a look at this, because I wasn't aware of, of this at all. A lot of these symbols I had no clue about at all. And this is straight from the pedophiles themselves. They've, these are, this is what they have admitted to. And some of these symbols will look very familiar. You've probably seen them before. Um, and we're going to be looking at that and looking at a lot of their uh, sick ways that they go about doing what they do. Uh, so we're going to be covering that, and then we're just going to be looking at a brief uh, uh, study on prayer, and that's how we're going to round things out. It's so about a 17-page PDF, 
And we're going to go ahead and just get into it right now then with the first part. Listener question regarding defending the faith in the zeitgeist heresy. Now, I had a question. I probably should actually read the question first and then I'll get into some of these Bible verses. Uh, This is from Ian. I just got this question this week. And it says, Hi, Brother Scott. I was wondering if you could take some time to look at this. I am trying my best to uplift and defend our Savior, Jesus Christ. And since uploading many videos onto my YouTube channel, debunking evolution in favor of creation, I am dragging in a lot of attack from the atheists. I don't know if, if you would have time to expose this dangerous material or if you could maybe give me some pointers on how to shoot that, this down in flames. Uh, now, a lot of times people will send me something that's like a three-hour video. It's just no way I can play or go into all of the things that everyone wants me to cover. I just There's too many breaking current events, which a lot of times take precedence. There's so many heretics and fringe cults and new doc, new heretical doctrines out there. There's no way any one person could keep up with it all. And I'm not saying there's not other people exposing it, but what I've noticed is in the last, I would say, maybe seven or eight years, there's been such a onslaught of heretics. And, and really, the internet has, en- has enabled that to happen that are into some crazy doctrine that supposedly God told them. And espousing this, and then developing their own followers. Really what they're doing is they're developing their own cult. And it normally always boils down to something supposedly God told them. You know, that's, it's invariable. And you have to ask yourself the question, wow, you must be really special. You're the only one on the planet since history that God's ever told this to. Because I've never even heard this before. This is, this is something I've never even, you know, and that is over and over and over and over again. You see that pattern repeating. Um, so, I see a lot of that. There's just no way to actually cover all of the, um, cultic belief systems out there. That's why I just tell people, I point people to the Word of God, the King James Bible in the English-speaking language. I tell people to trust in no man, you know, and, and, you know, just compare everything that they're doing with what the Word of God says. And I'm always trying to put people back to the Word of God, not to myself, not to another man or another woman, Point them to the Word of God. Hopefully I can facilitate them moving in the right direction uh, through this ministry, through pointing out ways that we are either being destroyed for lack of knowledge or reproving the unfruitful works of darkness or those types of things. So he was saying, going further, he said, um, he's getting a lot of tax from these atheists. Uh, Then he goes on to say, if you could give me some pointers on how to shoot this down in flames, this is the first time I have come across this guy and the information he's putting out. Here is the message I received on YouTube along with the video. Now, I'm not going to play the video. I don't really want to give this guy a platform. If you do want to see it, I give you the link here. But I knew when, when I got this email, I had a really strong feeling this was zeitgeist. Okay. Now, I'll get into that, into that in a second before I... I do that. I want to read some Bible verses, but then he and then he goes on to say, "I would like you to please watch this video um, and get your views on it." I have sent this out to a few good people, pastors, priests. <laughs> uh, easy on the priests there, you know, because I wouldn't go to a priest for nothing. But and he then he goes on to say, "And not one has got back to me, as the man in the video says, your church, etc., will not tell you these things." Now, I'm pretty sure this is what the response he received from this man. The, the, the man that he's battling with, that's what this guy said. He said, I've sent this out to a few people, pastors, priests, and not one has got back to me. Now, this is the man that's in defending this video, okay? Um, and then he goes on to say, as the man in the video says, your church will not teach you these things. So, in other words, what they're trying to do is say, hey, listen, here's what the church isn't teaching you. Here's what the little spineless pastors and whoever else out there 
This is what the, the, the basically they're saying in the video. Here's what they won't teach you because they don't they don't um, they want to keep you in bondage. They don't have a backbone. You know they want to keep you in the dark and in, in in this gross deception. And I've got the truth. Okay, so uh, before I get into that, which again is essentially it's essentially the zeitgeist, and I'm going to give you my response in a second. But before we get into that, let me give you some Bible verses regarding this particular subject. Jude three and four says, "Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints." For there are certain men crept in unawares, which very much reminds me of this video that I watched. Well, I watched most of it, I would say. I had seen enough of it to realize it was pure zeitgeist garbage and heresy. But certain, uh, certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained unto this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord, of our God, into lasciviousness, and denying our only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ, which he does amply. And they, they basically preach another gospel, another Jesus, not the Jesus of the Bible. And they try to fill your head full of lies, like the Bible's not accurate, the Bible really never meant to say that, it was all corrupted you know, along the way. And, and You see this argument a lot, particularly in today's day and age. But we're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. And so... When you see things like this, this isn't something that you normally want to shy away from. You want to take it head on. You want to be able to defend the faith, to contend for the faith. Um, and this is why I'm glad a lot of times because I've already done studies on these things, so I can just pop them out, a my audio's on it, where I've already addressed it. And with, you know, over 600 dedicated teachings now, oh, probably approaching seven, you know, there's a lot that I've covered in all those those teachings. So, praise the Lord. First uh, Corinthians 16.13, it says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. Quit means behave. So, regarding standing fast in the faith, you're, you're, you, you, you need to behave like a man. Not just, and I don't, I don't mean like women going around acting manly. But, I mean, you know what I mean. We're supposed to not shy away from these types of things. Um, behaving like men, standing fast in the faith, earnestly contending for the faith, watching, it says watching, which is something that you don't really see emphasized very much, I think, in the modern day church. They're not really watching a lot of heresy and a lot of bad uh, doctrine that's coming to the church because they haven't been watching. Going further, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Which, when I watched this video, I, I thought of this verse. The God of this world, Satan, have blinded this man. He's, he's blind. Okay? They think that they're so smart, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You know, the Bible talks about that in Romans 1. And this is, this is what, you, what I thought of when I watched this man in action. Oh, this, this guy thinks he's so smart. <laughs> he's just a legend in his own mind. You can tell this. And the reality is, is he's blinded. Yet he can't see it. Yet he would call me blind. The ironic thing is, is it's like the pot calling the kettle black. He's the one that's blind. But he would be the first to point the finger at a born-again, Bible-believing Christian. Because I'm not adhering to his, his whacked-out, heretical belief system that supposedly he's been shown. And he wasn't shown it by God, that's for sure. So going further, uh, well, again, I didn't finish the whole verse. In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, Satan wants to blind people's minds so that they, they cannot get saved. That's the main reason he blinds people. So that they can't get saved, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 
and they'd be converted, essentially. He doesn't want that to happen. 2 Corinthians 2.11, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So, in other words, if Satan does get an advantage, Satan can get an advantage of you if you are ignorant of his devices. So this is just another device of Satan in the day and times we're living in. The Bible says in Daniel, essentially, that in the end times, knowledge will increase. But that's not necessarily a positive thing. Okay? It can be a positive thing, and it has been a positive thing in, in certain ways. In certain ways, the Internet's been used for a lot of good, but then again, it's also been used for a ton of evil. More so evil, I would have to say, than good in certain respects. I mean, the, the pornography alone on the Internet, and then, and then you got um, all of the heresies out there trying to weed through all that, and Satan loves that. He wants to make it so confusing and just so mired that you don't know what's the truth. And again, this is why I point people back to the King James Bible. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man that maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Okay, Stick with the word of God and, and compare everything with it. Memorize it. Meditate upon it. You know, in, in these types of things. So that we're not deceived. Because we don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices. But unfortunately, there's more devices of Satan now than there's most likely ever been since the start of time as we know it. I mean, even in Noah's day, I, I, I doubt that they had as many ways that you could be deceived as, the, as, as we have now. I, I doubt it. I think they were, it was more in your face in Noah's day, you know. Uh, when, when you know, there were giants in the land and these types of things. It was a little more in your face. It's, today it's more subtle, but there's more devices of Satan. And the, um, you know, there's just a lot of ways that, that that plays out. So, Psalm 94, 16 says, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Now, God's asking this question. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? God's wanting to know this. The Bible talks about, there's many times in the Bible where it says God looked down and he sought a man to stand in the gap. And these types of things. And sometimes that's just purely in prayer. Sometimes that's actually rising up against the evildoers or standing up against the workers of iniquity. And that is something that we're called to do as Christians. Just period. All of us are. We're not all called to do the exact same thing I am or because we're the body of Christ and we all have different functions. And the Bible talks about, you know, can the finger say to the eye, depart of me, I have no need of you? No, because they're all important. All parts of a body are important. So there's different ways one, per, one Christian might stand up against evil than the next Christian might, you know. Matthew 7.15, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing... Which, again, watching that video really reminded me of that. Because this guy comes off as like, he's so with it. You know, and he's so like, wow, I got the truth and I'm with it. And I'm so uh, cool. And just, you know, they come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. So many of the New World Order people come with their, their little... Um, like NPR types, National Public Radio, you know, they come and they've got these, or so many of these studies you see where they're doing something so unbelievably wicked. Like a lot of these guys that I've seen done do research on vaccines, some of these MDs and stuff, and they've got these little lispy voices and, and they come and they're, they're, they act real, almost meek, and they're just, their tone of their voice is almost effeminate. And they're the most wicked, evil ones of them all. That's why you can't let your guard down. They come to you in sheep's clothing. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover, that type of, type of deal. That, that Satan will use that type of person many times more mightily than he would somebody that's, you know, just overtly in your face. He can do more damage a lot of times with somebody like that. Because they can pull more stuff off. Why? Because they're more subtle. 
2 Peter 2, 17-19, and again, very much reminding me when I watched this video, these are wells without water, these types of men, or women, who would put out heresy, hell, uh, soul-damning heresy, these are wells without water. Like a well, you know, you lower the bucket down, there's no water. There's nothing it can give you. Okay, Wells without water. Clouds that are carried with a tempest. Tempest would be like a really bad storm. Uh, clouds that are carried with a tempest. To whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. See, the people that do this, that put out doctrine like this, that, that are, that are um, actively trying to promote another gospel, heresy, well, what are they doing? Ultimately, whether they're aware of it or not, they're ultimately being used to take other people to hell for eternity. That's the, that's the end game here. So it's a very, very serious matter. So, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. Because there's different parts in hell. It's just not all the same deal. I believe there's different parts in hell where, you know, punishments occur. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh. Again, things that were, these were verses that were coming into my mind as I was watching this guy. Because usually if I watch a video like this, I just have all these Bible verses that start flooding my head. The Holy Spirit doing that. The Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ said, it's expedient that I go, for when I go, I will send the Comforter and he will bring all things that I taught, you know, to be brought, brought into remembrance. Now that's not an exact quote, but that's essentially what he said. So, you know, you can pray for that. You know, I'm not saying that I have total recall of every Bible verse, but a lot of times I'll see stuff like this and it just, it's coming into my head. And I may not know the whole verse, but then you can go up to like Blue Letter Bible and just key in like two words on the verse. And, you know, even if you've got like 18 entries, you'll find it in there. And then you can, you know, uh, use it or, or memorize it or, or whatever the Lord leads you to do. So, for when they speak uh, great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape them who live in error. Uh, while they promise them liberty which is what this man's doing, while, which is what most cults tend to do on some level. On some level. Whether that liberty is the... Is the uh, a lot of times it's that, okay, this is the only way to heaven. Whatever their version of heaven is. Whether they call it nirvana, paradise, whatever. It's some works-based cult. That's what it always boils down to. There's only two religions on the planet. There's only two. What do you mean? There's Buddhism and Hinduism and... Shintoism and Zoroastrianism and Mormonism and yeah, yeah. And you know what? They all share in common all those false religions, which I just refer to as cults, Catholicism included. They're all works based, every one of them. Every one of those cults, you get to wherever you're wanting to be, wherever you think you're going to end up. Through works. Even Satanists believe that. They're going to rule and reign with Satan. <laughs> the more wicked they are, the better. But it's all works-based, which is contrasted with true Bible, born-again, Bible-believing Christianity, you know, which is not a works-based religion. Okay, for you say by grace through faith, and not not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if you get to wherever you think you're going to go, and even the Muslims believe that, you know, hey, strap a nail bomb on, go and kill all the infidels, and the more I kill the better, and the better uh, uh, um, I'm going to have it with my 72 virgins and my white-skinned boys up in, um, with Allah. That's what they believe. And the white-skinned boys is a part of it, too. Ugh. Anyway, um, yeah, so, they believe that. It's works-based, every bit of them. So while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. And they can come off as the nicest guys and the most with it and the most soft-spoken, mild-mannered. They're the servants of corruption. If they speak not according to this word, then the truth is not in them. That's what the Bible says. 
Let's compare it with the Word of God. Now, regarding the whole salvation issue, the difference between there, if, if you're not saved, go to contendingfortruth.com, click on the True Salvation tab at the, at the start of it, and, and I give you a series of teachings to listen to regarding that. And the first one's just purely about salvation, and that's the most important decision you will ever make. So, please avail yourself to that, so you can understand the difference between what the Bible says and all of the other isms of the world. And isms, by that I mean, you know, all the other religions, Catholicism, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, all the other ones. They're all the same. I just lump them all. And that makes it a lot simpler for a lot of people. You know, instead of thinking, well, I, I need to explore all these different paths. No, there's only two religions. There's only two. So you got to pick which one. And I, I really shouldn't even say it religions, but, you know, you, know you, you get the point. Religious belief systems, I don't know. So, going further. While they, problem, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought into bondage. This is why it's very important who you're listening to. Let's say you're going to church on Sunday even. Or who you're watching on TV. Let's say televangelism. Or whatever. Because if you're putting yourself under a corrupt man or woman, they will overcome you eventually. Maybe not the first time you go to that church. Or the first time you listen to them on TV. But if you start to buy into them, and, and their doctrine is different than that of the Bible, they're the servants of corruption. They're preaching another gospel. And they will overcome you eventually. You, oh, no, they won't. Well, the, you know, you got to be really careful. I'm not saying you can't glean, but just be careful who you buy into. Okay, for of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. And do you think that that means literal chains? No, it's a, it's a bondage you can't see. The vast majority of people walking around on planet Earth are in spiritual bondage. Whether it's to some false religious system they believe in, or maybe it's their own religious system they've devised. Like when my parents were, before I was able to lead them to the Lord. Well, I don't believe that. You know, I don't believe... A, loving God would do that, or, or I'm basically a good person. That's a big one. And I don't believe a loving God would send a good person like me to hell. Well, you're judging it by your own standards. The Bible says, of all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we are altogether an unclean thing, essentially. And all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you could go on and on and on about, you know, debunking that one, being a good person. So, anyway, I don't want to turn this into a, a salvation teaching. I've already done that, like on the tab. But, anyway, I just wanted to kind of go over that a little bit. Now, let's go further. So, he asked me about looking at this video. My response to him, after I'd watched a good portion of it, was, I said, Ian, yes, you better believe I have a response to this devil. I get really angry when I see guys like this, because I just view them as being agents of Satan trying to take people to hell. And the fact that nobody's been able, nobody's got back to this one guy who had said this and, and been able to go against anything this guy was saying. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not making an indictment over the whole body of Christ. I'm just saying it was sad that nobody had gotten back to this guy or tried to rebuke or refute it. What that tells me is that I don't think, for the most part, the modern day church has an answer for what this guy's saying, which is the modern day zeitgeist heresy which I'm going to cover here in a second. This is the whole zeitgeist garbage rehashed. I'm going back to my response. And I totally debunked it in the following teachings. And I, also, I said also see the PDFs connected with these teachings. Meaning, I've got pretty much for all the teachings, there's a PDF connected with it that you can click on to see the documentation. Uh, the one I did was back in 07, the first one, entitled The Zeitgeist Movie Rebuttal to Its Attack on Jesus Christ. And then I did another one entitled Movie Zeitgeist Addendum Exposed. Because there was another one that came out called Zeitgeist Addendum. And that was in 08. So, this guy is promoting pure occultism and lies. He is bent on taking as many souls to hell as possible. 
Even though he fancies himself as so righteous and, quote, with it, and, quote, logical, and, quote, level-headed. See, he tries to make anybody that doesn't believe him, particularly Christians, because that's who he's keying on in this video. He tries to make all of, the, of them look like they're dolts, idiots, and, and just morons, essentially. In a loving way, though. The whole immaculate conception goddess bearing a godchild is a, sa is a satanic counterfeit going all the way back to Nimrod, Semiramis, and Tammuz. So this is one of the premises, the main premise of the video that I could see is that, see, this thing with Jesus about the Immaculate Conception, I can point to all these other things in history where you've got this same dynamic going on. He's just another pagan knockoff of, of Krishna, and then he goes into these other ones that supposedly this happened to. Okay. Now again, I can't cover every bit of this here. I covered a ton of this in the two teaching links I just gave you, which will be on page... Uh, two to three of the um, PDF for this teaching for April 22nd, 2012 on ContinueForTruth.com. So, again, I can't cover everything there. I've already done it. But, in a nutshell, um, what I say then is Satan knows the Bible very well and its prophecies of a Savior coming. And, that, and uh, number one, that um, in Genesis 3 that there would be a coming Savior that would bruise his head, which, um, and, and if you think about it, Genesis 3 predates all false religions in bogus zeitgeist religious concepts. See, Genesis 3 predates all of that. They could say, yeah, well, this happened a million gazillion years ago. I love that one. It's like they get into almost Darwinian stuff, you know. The bottom line is, Genesis 3 is going to predate even Nimrod, Semiramis, and Tammuz. So, I mean, this is like, essentially, right at the Garden of Eden. <laughs> so, the whole thing about, there's prophecies in the Bible of a, of a, of a um, essentially a, a, an awaited savior that would bruise the head of Satan. Okay? That's Genesis 3. That predates all false religions and bogus zeitgeist concepts. And there's also um, uh, the thing about being born of a virgin. Now, I covered this the last time in the last teaching that I did and um, regarding the um, probability of Jesus Christ on the mathematical probabilities and how it's in a mathematical impossibility that you know he wasn't everything that he said he was. It's absolutely a proven fact. Well, okay, I did that in the last teaching. I give you a, a link there to that teaching. But um, these things of the of, of coming awaited Savior, being born of a virgin, and hundreds and hundreds of more prophecies Satan was aware of before any of these false religions ever got off the ground. Before Krishna was ever around, before Buddha was ever around, before Nimrod Samaras, Samaramis Tammuz, Isis Horus, whatever. The Bible predates all of that. The Bible has prophecies that predates all of that, I should say. Okay, Now, Satan knew about those. He knew about all of them. He quoted, he tried to quote scripture to Jesus, but he twisted it. Remember after he got out of the wilderness, 40 days of fasting, Satan comes to him and starts trying to misquote scripture to Jesus, and then Jesus actually correctly applied scripture. That's how he dealt with Satan, which is a biblical example for us. Quoting scripture to, the, to evil entities or the devil is a biblical example for us as well. Okay, So Satan knows these prophecies. So he's got these satanic knockoff religious systems that now in today's day and age he can point to and say, hey, see, look, this whole thing with Jesus and Mary and Father God, that's just that's just rehashed paganism that occurred way back when or whatever. He did it all by design. He did it for that exact reason. So he could do that in today's day and age to make you doubt your faith and to get people hooked into the New Age movement and to get people to doubt Christianity 
And then what, the, what happens is, is they lump us in with the Catholics. Here's the Catholics, you know, the, 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 the Jesuits and these types killing most likely, bare minimum, 50 million people during the Inquisitions alone. And we're lumped in with all them as born again, when in reality a, a, a huge percentage of the actual people that were killed during the Inquisitions were true born-again Bible-believing Christians that wouldn't agree to like um, believing that infant, bap- infant baptism was essential for salvation, stuff like that. They were killed in the most horrific ways just because of that. And I've, I've done um, some recent teachings on this, just key in like Inquisition or Inquisitions, to look at the, the unbelievably horrific way these Catholic uh, priests and monks and these types of people uh, tortured and killed people. I mean, it is off the scale evil what they did. But again, we're conveniently lumped in with that evil so that, that, so, so that Christianity in general can be further discredited and that they can point to their zeitgeist theory as being, you know, the true way and this type of garbage. So, um, let me just keep reading here. So, uh, Satan was aware of these prophecies, and knowing this, he set up many false religions ahead of time and afterward with a partial resemblance of the one true religion through Jesus Christ. He is the master counterfeiter, but listen to my audios above for a much deeper explanation of all this, even if some of these supposed religious figures were crucified, which is one of the premises of what this guy's argument was. See, this, this one was crucified, Krishna. Okay, which I doubt very much, but okay, maybe he was. <laughs> okay, let's give him that, whatever. The difference between all these dead religious figures, Krishna, Buddha, etc., is that their bodies are still in the grave, while our Savior, Jesus Christ, rose from the grave on the third day and was seen by thousands afterward and ascended into heaven, also was, which was also witnessed, and is seated now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ever making intercession for the saints, and also in the process fulfilled 456 prophecies in the Old Testament perfectly. That's the difference. It's a glaring difference, don't you think? How many prophecies did they fulfill when they were supposedly crucified or whatever? It's such garbage this guy's trying to put out. He can't he cannot go back to a historical record. I just proved the 456 thing last week. That was what the whole study was dedicated to. There's no way around it. See, the facts are on our side as born again Bible believing Christians. Christian Christians, the facts are on our side in mass. They don't have the facts on their side. But if we're not educated on these matters, then it can sow seeds of doubt. But we've got way more to back up what we say than they'll, they'll ever have. So, and I did this in the, and I give you a link to that teaching. It was entitled, Remote Viewing and Jesus Christ's Existence, Proven a Historical and Biblical Fact. I ended by saying Krishna did not do this. He is dead and in hell, just like all the other false religious deities that were mentioned. Also, and this is this is the one I, I love. They they say the whole the the word Amen. When we say that, did you know? Now I'm sure a lot of you have heard this. Oh, you know what that means is when you say Amen as a, as a Christian in the Bible, it means it's it's veneration. To Amun Ra, the sun god. What? Yeah. Didn't you know that's what it means? See how see how paganized you Christians are and you don't even know it? See how smart I am and how dumb you are? Which is really what they're trying to do. Okay, when they when they do that, when they when they get into that whole high and mighty stuff, sanctimonious, condescending, high and mighty. Amen means the word Amun Ra, the sun god. And, that, and, and when we say that at the end, that's where we're paying homage. And I said, that, that is just so weak and pathetic. I mean, is that all you got? <laughs> is, that, is, is that the best you can do? 
Here is what the etymology of the word actually means. Okay? And I think he even tried to explain this away. But, I mean, it's what the word is derived from in the Hebrew. Okay? Amen. Literal, transliteral, uh, transliteration of amen is the word verily, truly, or so be it. It's what the word means. Okay, that's why you say it at the end. It means verily, truly, so be it. It's translated amen 27 times in the KJV. And I believe this is in yeah, the Old Testament. It's translated the word truly two times and so be it once in the Hebrew. So the whole thing about Almond Ra, come on. Why don't they just say Almond Joy? Like the Almond Joy bar? <sighs> anyway. So then I had gotten a couple things this week from a listener and uh, which kind of related to this because it, I mean, I don't think this guy on the video was an atheist, really. I think that he believes we all have the God force within us or whatever. This is the whole... And again, it's very much tied into the whole dawning of the age of Aquarius thing where we're going from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius where we are going to become as gods. Well, where Satan's um, promise to Eve, you become as gods, knowing good and evil, okay, in the Garden of Eden, that's where this, that um, promise by Satan is, is going to try to rear its ugly head again. But that's one of the main things that the New Age is espousing. And then there's another picture of two babies in the womb, and they're twins, and you can actually see them, okay, they're little babies. And it says, one baby's talking to the other, and it says, Hey, brother, do you think there's a life after birth? Do you believe in mom? And then the other brother says, Nah, I don't believe these things. I'm an atheist. I mean, have you ever seen mom? With a question mark. In other words, they're showing the absurdity of atheism. Like, just because you don't believe there's a God? Well, I haven't seen God. Just, just look around. You think that this all happened by chance? And our bodies just kind of self-replicated? That it, it, nothing turned into something and that magically self-replicated into what we are today? And the rain rained on the rocks for millions of years and now the primordial sludge, a lightning bolt might have hit and then that gave life to some two-celled amoeba and that amoeba eventually it formed into what we are today? We Okay, so essentially we came from a rock. Which... Before that, really came from nothing out of nothing. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, it seems reasonable to me. I, I mean, I, I definitely stake my soul on that one. You know, and, and uh, it, it's insanity. So then, there's a thing here that says uh, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And it shows a picture of the um, a city, and. Um, basically it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a really cool picture of the whole thing of salvation. It shows people walking to heaven, uh, over the flames of hell on a, basically a cross shaped bridge. And anyway, it's kind of a neat picture there. So there's a couple more pictures here that I put in here. So let's get into the second article here and it's entitled Planned Parent. Planned Parenthood's blasphemous 40 days of prayer. Planned Parenthood has released a pro-abortion prayer guide urging their anti-life followers to pray for more abortions and calling it, quote, sacred care. The abortion industry does, uh, truly does worship at the altar of abortion. So they've got the audacity in Planned Parenthood right now to have their 40 days of prayer. Which basically would be like 40 days of witchcraft. 40 days of incantations to their sacred goddesses or whoever they think is going to intervene on their behalf. And I'm looking at some of these. I'm not going to read them all. Day one. Today we pray for women for whom pregnant, for, for women for whom pregnancy is not good news. That they know that they have choices, though. You mean to murder the baby? Yeah. That's the choices. The choice. 
See, it's not good news. Oh, no. I'm going to be so inconvenienced. I'll just kill the baby. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's bad news to them. So, they know they got choices, though. And then day two. Today we pray for compassionate religious voices to speak out for the dignity and autonomy of woman. What about the dignity and the autonomy of the baby in their womb? What about that? Oh no, that doesn't count because it's just a fetal fetal mass. It's not a human. The only thing that matters is the dignity and the autonomy of the woman. Oh, really? Really? Hmm. I think God would beg to differ. Day three. Today we pray for our daughters and granddaughters that they will always know the power of making their own good decisions. You mean abortion. That's a good decision. It ruins the lives many times of the women who do it. I mean, I could go on and on and on about... It's murder. Total murder. And that's a good decision, though. Well, if you're evil, the Bible says one of them will call evil good and good evil. If you're evil, you're going to call evil good. That's what they're doing. That's all Planned Parenthood can do. Because they're pure evil. See, we need to pray against them that God would destroy that wicked, evil, corrupt institution. Destroy it. If it be possible, the people within it, I pray their souls be saved. But I don't think uh, a lot of the people within that organization, that is possible. I think their consciences have been seared with a hot iron. And uh, they've been turned over to a reprobate mind. And I don't, I don't think there's any hope for a huge majority of them. But again, it goes back to Psalm 64. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. Their own tongues will fall upon themselves. Well, they've been an advocate to kill babies all this time. You better be careful what you're advocating for. Because your own tongue is eventually going to fall upon yourself. Aren't you glad your mom didn't didn't have that attitude about you, Mr. Pro-Abortion or Mrs. Pro-Abortion? Because you wouldn't be here. Because she would have aborted you. And you would have been dead. You, you would have never had a voice to speak for Satan. Had she aborted you? Are you, are you um, mad that she didn't abort you? I mean, these, these, are, these are logical questions to ask, for, ask to somebody that's pro-abortion. Day four. I, I can't even read all this one. It's it's cut off on the thing. I think this one man, angers me the most. It, it says something defective. Today we give thanks for the butchers, I mean doctors, who provide quality abortion care and pray that they may, and then it gets cut off. Give thanks for murderers? You sick, twisted devils. You have no shame. None. <laughs> May God rain down His fury on this evil. This is so evil. When you, you murder babies and then you do it under this sick, serpy guise of being the moral high ground. I just pray God expose it and, 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 and dis destroy this wickedness. This is pure wickedness. Day 9. Today we pray for women who are afraid of their lovers. May they find the confidence to turn away from abuse and take care of themselves. What does that I mean? What does that mean? Does that mean they're afraid that if the guy wants the baby... That the guy's going to hurt them or something? What, is, what does that mean? We pray for women who are afraid of their lovers? Is it, is it some terrible guy that would insist them having the baby instead of killing them? Killing the baby? May they find the confidence to turn away from abuse and take care of themselves? Well, that obviously means getting an abortion. 
this is so sick and twisted. This is like I'm in the mind of a serial killer who wrote this. It is. It's a serial killer. Anybody that could write something like this has the mentality of a psychopathic serial killer. Twisting words. How utterly sickening. Day 10. Today we pray for women who were joyfully expecting a child, but have learned that the pregnancy is not sustainable. How often does that occur? 0.100 whatever percent? Day 11. Today we pray for better access to all forms of birth control. Well, you know what? Like I've said before, and this I know will rub a lot of people the wrong way, but it's a fact. Most birth control methods are abortifactive. Including the pill, including the patch, including the IUD. They're abortifactive. They allow conception to happen, which is where life begins at conception. The Bible says to Jeremiah, before I formed thee, before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee and ordained thee a prophet under the nations. Before he forms us. So life begins at conception. All those forms of birth control that I mentioned are potentially abortifactive, meaning they will allow conception, but they will create an environment in the uterus that is not, where it will not allow the fertilized baby, the fertilized egg, to implant in the uterine wall because the uterine wall has to have the right terrain for implantation to occur. So can you imagine the amount of abortions that have actually occurred through birth control would probably be who knows how many more than actual abortion statistics are. Because you can just do birth control all your life and never get one quote-unquote abortion, yet your uterus may have aborted 50 babies in the course of your life. Easily. Think about that. Why, why do you think the Bible says we're destroyed for lack of knowledge? All of this modern technology isn't all what it's cracked up to be all the time. You do stuff and you don't know you're destroying maybe your own child or what you're doing to your own soul or the innocent blood that you're actually shedding or the curse you're bringing upon yourself and the land. The Bible talks about the blood of the innocents crying out from the land. We have no idea how many babies have actually been aborted just through birth control alone. I would almost guarantee you, I, I, no, guaranteed it would far exceed the actual number of abortion statistics worldwide. It would dominate that. It would, it would who knows? It could be, it could be three billion. I don't know. Since the modern day, uh, start of using birth control. I'm just saying. The Bible says in Galatians 4.16, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I'm telling you the truth. Look it up. Look at the way those, those methods work. They work that way, potentially. Maybe not every single time. But they, but they can work that way and do much of the time. Do you think Satan might have worked it out that way so nobody would ever know about all the sacrifices going on in the womb from birth control alone? So it's done in secret and nobody ever knows about it. He does it in darkness. He likes to keep things in darkness. He likes to keep things under his hat. So you never know about it. So you never even know what you're doing. Would it be better to learn about this before? Like now? So you could repent, or would it be better to know afterward when you stand before God, let's say as a born-again Christian, at the uh, judgment seat of Christ? Would it be better to learn about then? Well, yeah, I'll just put it off till then. Now, I don't think you're going to be saying that then. And I ain't saying that because I think I'm perfect or anything. Okay? I'm not. I, I used to be an abortion advocate. That was the way I was brought up. My mom brought me up that way. She gave money to Planned Parenthood every month. So I'm not saying I'm Mr. Perfect or anything. 
If I got what I deserve, I'd get death and hell apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I'm just saying, I'm stating facts. I'm stating, as a doctor, I'm stating physiological facts. I've studied this stuff. It don't, it, it don't take being a doctor to, to study birth control methods to understand how their mechanism of action or potential mechanism of action. Day 12. Today we pray that women know the power of their own stories. May they find their voices and tell their truths, whatever that satanic dribble means. Day 13. Today we pray for men in our lives, that they may offer the loving kindness and support for women with difficult decisions. In other words, just men cave in to the woman if she wants the abortion. Kill the baby, because we need to show kindness to the woman. Don't worry about the baby you're butchering in the womb. No, no, no. They should, they should force all women that want to do this, all women and men, to deliver the baby. No. They should, I believe they should do this. If you're going to do this, do it the right way. Deliver the baby. Force them to be in the room with it for at least a day. The baby. Don't hurt it. Bond with it. And then, give them a machete. And say, okay, you go ahead and you abort your own child. You murder it. See how many people would do it then. It's the same thing. They're killing the child. It's no different. Oh, well, yes it is. It's, no, it's not. It's no different at all. Just because some doctor does it and you might be partially sedated or whatever, and it's done in the darkness of the womb, don't mean it's not a murder in God's eyes. It's no different at all. Why, why should the blood of the, of the child be on the doctor's hands? Why shouldn't it be on your hands? Well, it really is, even though you're getting a doctor to do your dirty work for you. And I'm not, I'm not indicting anybody like my listeners. I'm just saying in general. Think about it. That's fair, isn't it? I guarantee you, abortion rates would absolutely plummet miraculously overnight. <laughs> Guaranteed. Well, that's really barbaric what you just said. Well, isn't, isn't that the way, though, that it, isn't it the most barbaric practice on planet Earth? You might as well bring it out in the open. You know, that's the way it's going to end up being eventually. Well, what do you mean? Well, because that's the way it was in the Bible. When societies degenerated to the point where, you know what? <laughs> they delivered their babies. And you know what? They went and they, and they had their Molech statues or whatever. Or Chemosh or whatever statue or deity they worshipped, and they took their live baby and the Molech statue, and they heated up the fire underneath the hands, and the the hands were glowing white hot, and they would put their baby, and the hands were angled up, and they would put their baby on the hands, and it would roll into this hole in the stomach where it was like white hot coals. And they would beat the drums so that it would drown out the cry of the babies. And they would do that for financial gain, typically. It's coming back to that. Do you think that the day and times we're moving into, like in Revelation and these types of things, you think it's going to be like less wicked than that? I don't think it is. I think it's going to be more wicked. I'm just trying to save lives. And point out the obvious. Day 14. Today we pray for Christians everywhere to embrace the loving model of Jesus in the way he refused to shame women. You twisted little satanic devil from the pit of hell. How dare you use Jesus Christ in your model? He wouldn't shame women. And obviously they're in reference to the the woman that they wanted to stone because she committed adultery. And he said he was without sin cast the first stone. And nobody cast it because everybody knew they were full of sin. This has nothing to do with killing a baby. But they try to twist and warp because their demented, psychopathic, serial killer minds are always looking for ways to do stuff like that. They're just funny that way, you know. They're just funny that way. 
focus your rage in prayer on your knees. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your anger. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's how you need to focus your prayer regarding this sick, disgusting matter. Listen to my teaching on Psalm 64, on imprecatory prayers, which is never... I've heard one sermon on it, ever, when I was in the modern church. I'm not indicting all pastors, I'm just saying I heard one sermon on it, one time, and it changed my life. A prayer campaign launched by California Planned Parenthood affiliate has angered pro-life groups who claim the counter-campaign mocks their own 40 Days of Life effort. Well, of course it mocks it. Officials at Six Rivers Planned Parenthood in Eureka, California, so now you have the source of it, launched a 40 Days of Prayer last month and has offered up daily prayers for pregnant women and clinicians who perform abortions. Now, this is nothing more than witchcraft. Their prayers are not prayers to God. They're prayers to their God. Lilith, Chemosh, Moloch, Marduk. You could go on and on. Artemis, forgot that one. These are specific deities that require child sacrifice. The ones I just mentioned, just so you know. They're specific fallen angels that you can pray against. I name them by name. Because I think the more specific our prayers are, the better. Day 18 offers prayers, when I didn't read Day 18, for the staff at abortion clinics around the nation. While day 38 calls for a cloud of gentleness to surround every abortion facility in the country. Yeah, it's really gentle for the babies that are being butchered in the womb. It's really gent- A cloud of gentleness surrounds the babies that are being butchered in the womb. Do you see the hypocrisy here? I have never seen more hypocrisy in my life than this garbage. That's why I pray their lies be exposed. God, open people's eyes to this, because this is pure evil wickedness that, I mean, you would have to be so blind not to see this. I'm doing this in such a way to demonstrate how in your face this is. The campaign, according to Liberty Council, an Orlando-based pro-life litigation group, is another desperate attempt to regain positive public attention and funding by mimicking a pro-life campaign. Planned Parenthood's prayer crusade is an attempt to mock and marginalize the 40 days of life, which has unified half a million voices for the cause and saved at least 5,838 lives. The organization said in a statement, As a direct result of the prayer event, 22 abortion clinics have closed and 69 doctors have stopped performing abortions. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Now I have heard of people literally going and camping out near these facilities with in prayer and fasting and literally shutting these abortion clinics down within like a week. It can be done. It can be done. Six Rivers Planned Parenthood officials referred inquiries to Faith Allowed, a a St. Louis-based religious organization that composed the prayers um, Reverend Reverend Rebecca Turner, Faith Allowed's executive director, told FoxNews.com that the prayers were written four years ago. What kind of sick Devil. <laughs> Reverend. Oh my word. Oh. They were written four years ago, she said. But this is believed to be the first time they've been used by the Planned Parenthood affiliate. She denied allegations. 
that they are meant to mock the 40 Days for Life campaign. Oh, no. I would never believe that either. I'm sure the good Reverend Rebecca Turner would never lie to us. She's not of her father the devil and of of his lesson of his work she would do, right? No, she would never lie to us. No. So, if you want to know more about this whole abortion, uh, the whole, a more in-depth study, I give you the link to my teaching called Massacre of Innocence, the Occult Roots of Abortion. It's, it's totally anchored and centered in witchcraft. And it's a proven fact that there's a disproportionate amount of high-level occultists that own the abortion clinics, flat out. And the ones that you don't know about many times own them anyway. It's just that they're not overt occultists. Most of the people that are involved in high-level occult don't, don't drive around with witchcraft bumper stickers and wear pentagrams. Those are the ones that are the ones you would want to worry about a lot more than the ones that are just outward witches that they go around and you know they're a witch. Maybe they're wearing an upside-down pentagram or something or have a bumper sticker that says, Blessed Be. saw one the other day. I, I, I got behind her and just started praying for quite a while. Taylor was with me. Just kind of get you fired up, you know? See that Blessed Be bumper sticker? You know they're a witch. That's how they end a witchcraft ceremony. They say, Blessed Be. Or they'll also say, The Force Be With You, and I'm not making that up. That's also where we get the Star Wars trilogy garbage, which is also a absolute primer in witchcraft. The whole Star Wars concept. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here, and we're going to go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.